listening to the Neophotonics Podcast. Welcome to the Neophotonics Podcast. I'm John Houghton, and this is a program where we talk about insights and best practices for optical communications, lasers, and their applications. Today, we're discussing what comes after the 400ZR. On the line with me are Winston Way, Mark Stiller, and Ferris Lipscomb. How are you guys doing today? Great. Thank you. Really good, John. Thanks. Yeah, good. good. Thanks. So, Mark, before we get into this, bring us up to speed. Tell us what's going on with the 400ZR and ZR+. Plus. Well, it's a good question, John. So, you know, the 400ZR, ZR+, Plus, as you know, is intended for data center interconnect upgrades. And what we're seeing today is that the, I suppose the best way to say it is expectations on speed of adaptation have been tempered by the difficulty of implementing a whole new technology into networks. So 400ZR is starting to roll out now in a you know, fairly, fairly major way. And we expect to see it continue to accelerate next year and even very likely last into, I would think, 2025 or beyond. It offers such a large increase in capacity and flexibility in the, in the networks that I think the, the utility cannot be underestimated. 400ZR Plus is just getting started as people learn how to use it where its value is. It starts touching more into the telecom space, so adaptation cycles tend to be slower. But I think people are seeing some very positive benefits of having the extended reach and the IP over DWDM direct router interfaces for the very same reasons. So, you know, the short version of the answer is it's starting and it's starting to ramp now. Along the way, people have solved a lot of the problems that plague any new technology rollout. So we have a lot of confidence that this is going to be a very big node for data center interconnects and then later for telecom. Winston, what's the next hot product after the 400G pluggable module? Yeah, uh, actually, when you say 400G pluggable module, it includes uh, 400ZR, 400ZR plus, and also intra data center, like a DR 400G based DR4, 400G based FR4. And we know that the 400G based DR4 has been intensively deployed. And it's based on, that's based on PAN4 technology, uh, not coherent uh, detection. So when we look forward, what will be after 400G then? Looking at uh, these uh, intensive deployments of 400 DR4, 400 FR4, 400 ZR, 400 ZR Plus, then we need to think about the timeline when the service operators can first digest all these 400G based mm-hmm. pluggable modules, and then when they can start the next phase. So it, this probably will depend on the product life cycle in different hyperscalers networks and how aggressive they want to move on to the next generation pluggable modules such as 800 gigabit or 1.6 after all the next generation products are mainly driven by hyperscalers so we need to understand their product cycle and deployment schedule after 400 zr and zr plus Yeah, I think there's also a technology piece of this. When you look at 400ZR and why it's being successful now in DCI applications, you know, it's really the first true implementation of 
IP over DWDM, which means that internet protocol signals go directly to a DWDM wavelength without being translated by a network equipment manufacturer transponder. That's happening now in DCI applications because the client side 400G pluggable modules and the line side 400ZR pluggable modules can be implemented in the same form factor at the same time in the product cycle. So all these things came together to make 400ZR DCI a success as we expect it will be. So going to 800G or 1.6T in the next step, you have to have both sides align, not only align with each other, but align with the requirements of the switch chips as they're coming out. So it's, mm-hmm. it's quite a complex dance here to see you know, what the successful winning combination will be. Yeah. But I think, you know, this, whatever, whatever the next node is, I still think it'll follow the same rollout cycle of seeing the intra data center roll out the next node before the DCI and campus rollouts. Um, and maybe there's, you know, there's certainly a factor for technology power consumption and cost. And then there's also, there's also the, you know, where the bot, what's driving the bottlenecks that our people are trying to get through. And, you know, among not, it's not only cost, right. It's also power consumption and maybe to a lesser degree density, right? So that's, it's driving the switch chips. It's driving the intra data center transceivers, campus scale and DCI. But at least what we're, you know, what we're seeing in this generation is, one to two year delay between the inside data center and the DCI deployments. I, you know, it may accelerate the, the gap may close a little bit with the next cycle, but I still think there's going to be a gap between them. But so it can be too big a gap, um, which is what happened in the past where correct. Yeah, 100G was, uh, you know, QSFP and on the line side, it was still CFP. So that was a big mistake. Yeah, yeah. No, fair. So I think the, you know, the direct router interface is going to have to be common or at least very close to common. And the key, I, I suppose, being fitting 32 ports into a, a single switch at a minimum, right? Because there's been both OSFP and QSFPDD in this generation. And as the speeds go up and the power window increases to power consumption, we're also seeing the uh, OSFP XD emerging on the scene to increase power handling. We're seeing people trying to figure out ways to push QSFPDD to even higher power handling levels. So Winston, what do we have to think about as we increase speeds to 1.6T? Starting next year, there will be 800 gig ports on 25.6T Ethernet switches. So 800 gigabit uh, pluggable modules uh, will be needed for intra-data center networking at the beginning stage. And also the market data says in 2023 to 24, these 800 gigabit uh, ports will start to ramp very fast. So this is one aspect of uh, 800 gigabit. On the other hand, there are also hyperscalers thinking about using 51.2T switches in 2024 to 2025 with 1.6T pluggable modules. In other words, both the switch and pluggable module data rates are double. So in this case, the customers will probably want to wait a little bit longer time in order to 
leapfrog the network capacity. Yeah, that's a good point, Winston. And what we're seeing now, 400ZR is kind of unique in that everyone converged on an almost identical standard solution for DCI. But inside the data center, people rolled a couple different versions of 400 gig for shorter reach. And I wouldn't be surprised if the same thing happens inside the data center, you know, split between several different 800 gig versions and maybe several 1.6 T versions, you know, depending on, again, depending on how they've deployed and where they see the bottlenecks and how long they can wait, which makes it an even more difficult choice for everybody, you know. But I think the, I think the basics coming down to cost per bit and power consumption increasingly will end up deciding people, you know, on how and when they they trigger the next uh, next generation. Yeah, I think cost is the critical element here. You know, on the on the line side of DCI, you know, when you're up at 800G going to 1.6T on a wavelength you don't get much gain in spectral efficiency. So you don't get mm-hmm. much more information down the fiber. So it depends on, you know, is the cost of a 1.6T transceiver less than twice the cost of an 800G? So in the end, it all comes down to cost per bit. Yeah, and then also this uh, cost will depend on what technology you're going to choose and also mm-hmm. how many wavelengths you're going to put inside this 1.6T module. People are talking about one wavelength of a 1.6T, two wavelengths of 800G, four wavelengths of 400G, or eight wavelengths of 200G. So mm-hmm. which direction uh, a vendor or an operator is choosing could affect the, the cost and also the power consumption big time. And then the optoelectronic components, whether they can fit inside um, this uh, new form factor specifically for 1.6T, which is more than 30 watt, it could even go to 40 watt. Whether all these one wavelengths to eight wavelengths, can, can they fit inside this uh, OSFPXD is a big question mark. And people are still studying on this. Yeah, but it looks, I, you know, I think it looks more and more like OSFPXD is going to be a, a pretty um, important form factor. Right, both for the number of lines, it's the number of lines on the lanes on the client side that it can support, and also the power handling capability and the backwards compatibility with OSFP. Yeah, so, if it's 800G, I think people will stay with the today's DDQSFP or OSFP. But when it yeah. goes to 1.6T, then OSFP XD is uh, almost uh, a must. And we have seen you know, the recent OSFP XD uh, MSA, uh, the number of attendees is huge, right? It's a huge number of people yeah. attending that uh, MSA conference call. Uh, so everybody is paying attention to this uh, next generation uh, pluggable possibility. It'll be interesting. Um, we have seen this movie before, but maybe this time the ending will be different. Um, usually what happens is the client side gravitates to the smallest form factor um, that can be achieved on the client side. And then mm-hmm. the line side has to stick with it. Um, so that happened, you know, with um, QSFP um, as opposed to, you know, the CFP4 um, in, happened with QSFP DD as opposed to OSFP 
Um, so we'll mm-hmm. see what happens with uh, the next generation. So Winston, what about coherent versus PAM4? Yeah, for 800G or for 1.6T, uh, we believe that for uh, traditional intro data center networking, PAM4 will still be the way to go because of its uh, lower cost, power consumption, and the backward compatibility. Uh, however, when a uh, longer distance, such as 10 kilometer and beyond, is needed, or B, higher capacity per fiber is needed, then coherent will start to penetrate. And we believe that it will penetrate down to 10 kilometers market. And it will not just stay at 80 kilometers or beyond market like ZR, ZR+. Well, thanks, gentlemen, for discussing what comes after the 400ZR. You have been listening to the Neil Photonics Podcast, your source for insight and best practices for optical communications, lasers, and their applications. If you have feedback, a comment, or question for one of our experts to answer on the podcast, you can write to us at podcast.neophotonics.com or call 408-904-2401 and leave your question. Thank you.